Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome, welcome guys to episode 9 of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now, in this episode, I just want to share with you a few tips and behaviors about golden perch that you're sure to enjoy. And obviously, I'm sharing these tips to help you out on the water. Now, I have five tips to share with you, five behavioral traits of golden perch and things that I use in my fishing to help me catch fish. Now, you already may know about some of them or maybe some of them are new to you, but I'm sure you'll find something exciting in this episode. Now, the more knowledge you have, the more success you will achieve. And I'm really stoked you're listening to the podcast from wherever you are. And the great thing about the podcast is I can connect and share content with you on a different level uh, to before. And even better is that you can listen to these episodes while you're driving, going for a run, or even sitting and waiting for an appointment at the doctor's. If you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, I'd love to hear about where you listen to the episodes. Tag us in your story and let us know. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your podcast app. Now, before we jump into this episode, I just want to mention and touch on the free Freshwater Mini Series. Now, if you've listened to a few of the prior episodes, you will have heard me already talk about this series. Now, it was set to be released early this month this month, but unfortunately, it's going to be a few extra weeks, but just keep an eye out on social media in the next week or so for the release date for this series. These things take a little bit longer sometimes than expected, but I promise you, it's going to be very, very exciting and you're really going to enjoy it. So, more information coming on this soon and with the free series, you'll get access to a social fishing account and this is where you can submit listener questions to the podcast for us to answer before each episode. This is all coming very soon by the end of the month and it's going to be super exciting. I cannot wait to share this series with you all. Now, for those of you who may have missed, uh, COD season is now closed for three months. Uh, It's been all over social media, so I'm sure you would have already known. So now it's time to leave them alone and to find other options and species to target. But that isn't really an issue with the great variety we have in Australia. There's so many different options, fishing styles and species we can target while we leave cod alone. In saying that though, Blaring, Copeton, Eildon and a number of lakes in Queensland remain open year round so we can still target trophy fish in these waterways. Now if you're keen on giving this a crack, make sure you jump on the website and check out Talos Cottrell's latest article. It's on transitioning from winter to spring for Murray Cod. It talks about all the techniques for fishing in lakes and dams, in these lakes and dams, when targeting cod in spring. So give it a look because the techniques we use in spring vary from the ones we use in winter. So you don't use the same techniques. We change what we do to find success. And with blaring only being open just last year, we learned a lot in that first spring and we wanted to share what we learned with you. And Talos has done that in this incredible article. Now for all of those Victorian anglers, the trout season opens this weekend, which is very exciting. And also the Goulburn Fishing Festival is on at Eildon Pondage. with the stocking of ex-brood stock into the Golden River happening again this year. 
Last year, it was a massive draw card with monster fish caught. These fish were up to and even over 10 pounds, which is incredible for the angling community. Uh, and they've done it again this year. So get down to the Goulburn River this weekend. There will be a bit of a crowd around. I know it's great to get away from people when we're fishing, but that's all right because it's still going to be great fun with trophy fish. Now, also on opening seasons, the bass season is now open and I've already seen some great bass caught. So they are another great fish well and truly worth chasing uh, and if you want some tips on chasing bass make sure you listen to the last episode in the podcast episode eight it was with steve starling and he shared some incredible tips on chasing bass and it, a lot of those tips were for very early in the season so if you want to listen to the bass section in that podcast you can actually check out the show notes on exactly what time uh, we talked about bass in that episode, and it's all on the Social Fishing website. So that's enough from me, guys, uh, with this intro. As I mentioned, I'm going to be talking about a few handy tips about golden perch and how they behave. This is just a warm-up for the spring ahead, and we will have to do, and um, we will, sorry, we're going to be doing plenty more podcasts on chasing these incredible Australian natives. Plenty more content on golden perch and trout this spring while we leave cod alone. And we will touch on a few cod things as well because there are a few lakes that we can target them. So without further ado, let's jump in and talk about golden perch behaviors, tips to help you this spring. Welcome, welcome guys back to this episode. And as I promised you, I'm going to be talking about golden perch behaviors and, and a few key things that they actually do. And it's really handy to understand this about them as an angler and when you target them. So there are five key things I want to touch on. Now, golden perch are a very incredible fish. And I know they sort of come secondary to the Murray cod. You know, Murray cod, we all look at as the trophy fish. And for those of you who are out there, maybe you chase redfin or trout, golden perch can sometimes sort of get lost because they live in with cod and the trophy fish is the Murray cod. But the golden perch are incredible. It's, it's sad, but for the, these three months, we're actually forced to target them. It's not a sad thing, but they, the rest of the year, they kind of, we just sort of push them to the side. But it's kind of good that we have the closed season, not only for the cod, but for the golden perch, because it gives us a reason to go specifically target goldens and figure out techniques and find success with them. Now, now they're a very underrated fish. Um, they're in, an incredible fish, and they're actually probably a little easier to catch than cod. Um, they're a little bit more inquisitive. Uh, they're sort of more keen to look at lures and come up and have a look at what's going on and hit a lure and things like that. So they are great fun to target. And even when you're just getting into lure fishing, they're a good fish to start off with angling. So this isn't going to be a huge episode as I talked about earlier, but I want to talk about these five key things. So the first thing I want to touch on, a tip that's going to help you this spring targeting golden perch, number one is flows. Now it's how golden perch actually react with flows. So we're talking rivers here, but this also happens to fish in impoundments. Now, golden perch are very keyed into river flows, and so are a lot of fish out there. Um, flows and different velocities and speed of water is actually one of the biggest things that the fish actually need in the environment and the ecosystem to survive. They're very cued in to river flows because the more flow there is in an environment, 
the more biodiversity, the more diversity there is, there's more that's going on, uh, food moves around, and that's what just builds the whole waterway. So whenever waterway has flow, it's good for it. Whenever they sit still and become stagnant, very little flow, that isn't good for a waterway, um, a river in particular, or a creek. The more flow, the better. That's why rainfall flushing through the system is good. It creates a whole heap of different things. Food is one of the big things that it brings through, and what happens with golden perch is come when they breed, which is spring, so they breed roughly the same time as cod. I think it's slightly different, but it's all to do with that warming water temperature in spring. Now, they go through the same process as cod, except for golden perch don't find a spot to hide out and, and lay their eggs like a cod does. A cod will find a bit of structure, lay their eggs, uh, so the female will lay them, male will fertilize them and guard them and then they hatch and they take off. What golden perch do is they, when there's when it's coming up to the time for them, their eggs have grown about this time of year now, if you listen to this podcast when it's come out, um, and then they lay them when the water temperature gets to the right height, but they only lay them if there's the right flow cue. Now, there's a lot of things like environmental flows and lots that goes on now, and environmental flows are a lot for the fish and the environment, and they're actually good. Uh, there was a while back, I will admit, I wasn't a fan of them at all because we'd get this big flush of water down the river, and I thought, this can't be good. Just when you want to get out there and go for a fish and you get something like an environmental flow come down, it does. It feels like, it as an angler, it ruins it because it does make the fishing tough, but they're actually good for the fish. So, in terms of golden perch, they want to send down a flow and a in water at the right time of year that co- coincides with when they breed because that is the signal for them to lay their eggs. So golden perch, what happens is in spring, their eggs form and they start to swim upstream. And as they swim upstream, they get this flow cue that comes down, they lay their eggs and those eggs float back downstream with the high flows that allows them to sit in the still patches on the edges in the reeds, the eggs stick there or they hold there and that's where the small fish hatch and survive in that high water uh, before it drops again because when it's lower water, there's easier predation. So predators eating them, um, a lot of different things that happen to them. But the other reason is they want the eggs to flow back down to where those fish were so they repopulate the whole system. Now, what does this have to do with fishing? Now, one thing to think about is the golden perch instinctively travel upstream. And what happens is with what we've done, what man's done, we've got weirs, barriers, locks, low-level roads, bridges that block off the waterways. These weirs and these dam walls that block the waterways, golden perch will swim upstream, they will hit a weir, hit a wall, and they'll stop, and they will wait just trying to get up. It's instinctive. They won't turn around and head downstream. In spring, they will swim up to the weir and that wall, sit and wait. And basically, you'll get high concentrations of golden perch below walls. And that's why people go to me, oh, how come I can't catch any golden perch in this section of the river or this section of the river? So, for example, we'll talk about the Murrumbidgee River through Wagga because I do know this area. Now, there is a weir at Berenbed. So, Berenbed is between Narendra and Wagga. And what happens is between upstream of that weir, so from Wagga down to Berenbed Weir, all that section, there are very little golden perch. There aren't many there at all. If you go to the other side of the weir, the downstream side of the weir, there is way more golden perch than Murray Cod, especially in the spring. They all pile up under that weir wall because they're moving up because that's their instinct. Same thing happens in any spot where you've got a wall. And then in Wagga, there's not many golden perch, but you move further upstream from Wagga up towards Gundagai, there's a lot more golden perch because they move upstream seeking out. Basically, they move up 
that time of year because it's instinctive and then they'll get up and they'll hit the walls but the water coming out of the bottom of the dams is too cold so they'll only go so far but that's why there's more of a population through there and there's less down further there would be more there they'd all be evenly spread out if it weren't for these weird walls so in springtime in terms of angling try and fish below weir walls and you'll have incredible sessions on golden perch so they will there'll be so many in those areas right below any type of wall or weir a lot of the weirs out in western new south wales that are for irrigation anywhere downstream of them will have good golden perch so that's just the one thing about a golden perch's behavior the first thing to keep in mind when you're out there fishing now Number two is water temperature. Now, water temperature for golden perch is very important. Now, they will feed in cold water. They will feed in warm water. Obviously, they're more active in warmer water, but it's more about the temperature spike at this time of year. So, they will feed usually about that 16 to 18 degree mark. They'll be in full feeding mode. So, that's their most comfortable temperature when they need to eat lots because their metabolism is nice and high. But now we're in September, early September, We've just had a week of really warm weather. I'd be saying get out there and give golden perch fishing a crack now in the lakes and the dams and also in the rivers because when you have a spike, that first spike in temperature or a really quick rise from those cold attempts, it will switch them on to have a bit of a feed, especially if a bit of food goes past them and hopefully that bit of food is your lure. So now is a good time to get out there. So that quick spike, the quick rise in temperature is really, really key for golden perch. Now, Obviously, they're going to feed better once it hits that 16 degree mark, but they might even be out there feeding now in 12 degrees. I know a few blokes, even at Windermere, Windermere's had a nice couple of warm weeks and the fish are actually starting to chew already. Whereas, say next year, if the temperature is still cold through all of September, the golden perch aren't going to be feeding. Because think about this, fish don't go off the calendar. We do. We go off the calendar and we think, oh, we caught fish, you know, October, long weekend, the first weekend in October that year. Every year is different. It all goes on temperature. So you've got to remember that time of year. What was the water temperature like? What was the lead up to that season like? I've had some cracking seasons in Blaring Dam in September, middle of September, and the water's 14 degrees and it's risen really quickly. Now I've gone back and fished at that same time of year the next year and because they didn't we didn't have that warm that warm bit patch early on the fish are still dormant and they don't feed until october this year i have a feeling that the fish are going to chew nice and early so we're going to start we've planned a few trips for the next few weeks to go chase golden perch in the impoundments and also in the rivers they will start to feed sooner and it's like their whole season will come forward a bit um, so they may breed and go into this breeding cycle a little bit early so a little bit earlier than normal so that's just one thing to think about and just watch those water temperatures just watch the sun it all goes off if you've got clear sunny days we've got 20 degree days and the, the nights aren't too cold there's going to be a rise in temperature even get on the websites what you can do is actually get on uh, there's a water just type in water info new south wales and you get on the state water um, if you're in new south wales and i'm sure you can do it in the other states as well i know victoria can and Check out the rivers and on there you can pick your river and you go rivers and then you find your little spot and there's different readings and marks throughout most waterways and a lot of them have water temp readings and you can see a graph from the last week of water temp. Just watch it. It goes up and down every, like every day for over a 24-hour cycle. During the day, it goes up and overnight, it goes back down and actually cools down quite a lot overnight. But you want to see the spike and as you get those sunny, clear days, even hot days with cloud cover don't do a whole heap, but 
it's those really sunny days. And when you get the sunny days, you'll see these spikes and it won't cool down as much overnight and it'll just keep going up and climbing and that's what you want. So understanding water temperature um, with all species, but golden perches, they're very keyed into water temperature. So that is number two. Now the third one, now this is my favorite and I've, I've figured this out over the last few seasons of fishing and it's really, really it's sunk in quite a lot and I highly believe in what this is um, and it's massive with golden perch and what it is to do is to do with sunlight and shadows. So it's all to do with sunlight. Now we find this a lot on the rivers. So I'll talk about rivers for example and creeks. Now it happens all year round. This isn't just a spring thing and I've noted that the best golden perch bites are when you have a completely full sunny day, a clear day. Now talk about different weather patterns and overcast conditions are incredible for fishing. Um, Overcast you just get so many good fishing. The fish are just active because they're more confident, especially Murray Cod. But I've found golden perch seem to be more active in the sunnier conditions. Unless you've got a super, super hot summer, um, an overcast day is probably better. But in majority of the time, a fully clear day, the golden perch will bite better. And on an overcast day, the cod will bite better. Now, what it is, is it's got to be something to do with that water temperature and that, that rise in water temperature, but not over like a whole week or a month. I'm talking about in that one day. And that's why the golden hour, that very last hour of light, is the best time to chase golden perch. And it does have a lot to do with the low light, but I think it has a lot more so to do with that water temperature rising. So whether it's that and a mixture of also the flash and and the light that reflects off the lures that just intrigues golden perch, I find that the full sunny days are the best. So when we're out in the river, we're doing a float, you've got this clear, beautiful day, you still want to fish in the shadows, but I'm just like, yep, the golden perch are going to fire after about 11 or 12 o'clock. Come the afternoon, the golden perch are really going to chew. And then I fish, even if it's, say, April, I still fish areas where I know the goldens are going to be in the willows and things like that because I know I'm going to get a really exciting bite. Now, what you need to do, though, is still fish in the shadows. So even though it's completely sunny, you will get fish in on logs and on structure that's soaked in the sun, but usually it's soaked in the sun most of the day and then come those last few hours of light and you get shadows, that's when they're going to hit and even throughout the whole day in the shadowy pockets. So full sunny days, but fish in the shadows still. That's where you're going to have those confident fish that are going to come out, but there's something about the water temperature and also when it is sunny, there's a lot more light around, even in the shady pockets, there's a lot more light reflecting around and we find that spinnerbaits work incredible when targeting golden perch in these conditions because it must be the flash of the blade and other lures, so hard body lures that give off a bit of reflection so brighter colors work really well. I found that to be something that is coming up every single trip we do. It's something I've learned over a lot of trips floating in the inflatable boats down down the rivers, the Murrumbidgee River and things like that is that the golden perch really love that warmer weather and you just seem to get much better bites. Now, obviously in summer, the middle of summer, the fishing is going to be slow and you're going to get better bites in the afternoons in summer um, because it's warmer. So, I'll talk about that now while we're on this topic. Now, it's early spring. So, chances are you're going to get better bite periods in the afternoon because the water temperature isn't optimum for the fish yet. So you want that 16 to 18 degree water temperature. So early on in spring, so while the water's cooler. Now this goes for cod as well if we're thinking, say, the dams that are open year round or even in autumn. 
um, just think about it for cod as well. But with golden perch, you're coming out of winter, the water's not optimum yet. So on a specific day, on every single day, the water temperature 99% of the time is going to be warmer at the end of the day in the last few hours of light. So if they're going to feed, it's usually going to be that little period because they feel a little bit more comfortable. Then overnight, the water temperature cools down, they become less comfortable, they're not really that keen in the mornings and then afternoon, they bite again. And then you get to the middle of, say, spring or towards the end and it's like, optimum temperature all the time or they're going to feed all day and different bite periods morning or afternoon could depend on other weather weather patterns then comes summer it's actually gone past that 18 degree mark and now it's hit 20 degrees and it's too hot for them or 22 degrees 24 degrees and the afternoons become too hot it's beyond their optimum so the when they feel more comfortable is when it's lower in that 20 22 mark or say it's 19 whatever it is and that's in the mornings because the mornings are cooler this goes for cod as well and something that i've learned a lot over the many years is winter time the afternoons fish better and in the summertime the mornings and in the dark fish better and also the morning part of the night so when we go surface fishing for cod in summer we will surface fish, we'll get better surface activity in the morning rather than on last light and into the dark because the water has come back down to a better temperature early in the morning. Just something to think about. Fish on those bright sunny days this spring, both dams uh, and rivers, especially in rivers though, target those shadows. And if you can in the impoundments on a sunny bright day, you do need to get your lures down. But sunny, clear, glassy days, the fish can be very spooky in impoundments. So that sunny thing though works really well in rivers. Now, tip four uh, is about the lure color that you use for goldens. Now, goldens, as I said, are very inquisitive fish. They're, they're very keyed in and they're very uh, they're always looking at whatever you're offering. They want to come up and just have a look, see what's going on. They'll, that's why they hit big, massive lures because they come up and they look. And a lot of the time you'll find is they actually suck in the back treble. And we get this on big lures like the 150mm ACs when we're trolling for big cod in, say, blaring or burrinjuck in the middle of summer when the fish are really quite active especially in the dark and they'll smack the back treble they always seem to hit the back treble really really well and get it in their mouth even though they're tiny golden perch and it's because of that inquisitive nature they're very they want to come up and have a look as i said and it's the flash of that back treble remember i talked about the flash of the spinnerbait in the sun i find that it must be the reflection and the flash coming off the treble that makes them want to have a crack at it that make them they think it's real they think it's food now we've even um done a bit of uh, stuff at blaring adam smith uh, part of the team he's trolled with a troll cam they use them for pike over overseas um, because pike lures don't have a heap of action and they sit quite straight and it's only quite shallow when they troll them and he put this troll cam on and put a spinnerbait behind it and it was dead day absolutely quiet at blaring now, when he got home and he looked at the footage, he had three golden perch in the space of, he only filmed for half an hour, big golden perch come up and follow the spinnerbait right on its tail, just following, looking, 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 like really inquisitive on the back of this lure, like what Trout would do. And he also had a lot of carp do exactly the same thing. The golden perch never actually had a crack at it, but you can imagine when the water's a bit warmer because the water was quite cold when we were filming this. Imagine when the water's a bit warmer and they're actually hungry and they've come in and they're having a look most chances they're going to have a crack at the back of it. They're going to have a tap at it. So what I want to talk about is with these colors, you want to use colors. They're going to want to make them have that crack at it. So what we use and what we love to use is fluoro tips 
or bright highlights on our lures. So for example, there's a spinnerbait I use. It's in the mud guts range. It's purple and it's got a chartreuse tip on the tail or on the ends, sorry, on the ends of the skirt. Bright chartreuse tip and you'll see I catch golden perch every single spring casting that lure in the river. Um, I absolutely love it, that specific color because it, the golden perch absolutely love it. So I'm getting more hits from golden perch and getting less cod on it. I don't get many cod on it at all, but the golden perch get to it first. They just love that bright fluoro tip and you'll see a lot of lures that are made with that fluoro tip. There's a lot of hard bodies out there. We've got some black hard bodies uh, that have a fluoro tip on the tail. Uh, there's a lot of lipless crankbaits that are dark with the fluoro color. So you want that, that naturally color what I find works best, the best, you know, balance is to have a dark color with a fluoro tip or a, flu a bit of hint of fluoro. So the whole lure can be fluoro when they're and bright when they're really aggressive and feeding, like bright orange lures and things like that. But I find it works better if you have a dark color lure with a fluoro tip on the end. Bright, it can be anything green, orange, yellow, anything bright that stands out. Uh, we've found works really well in springtime, especially in that period where they're not quite chewing yet. So in the next few weeks, sort of into October, where you're getting those follows, that seems to be a difference between getting the follow and hooking up to the fish. They just want to have a crack at it. So whether it's that bright, that bright tip mixed with the, the treble flashing, who knows, but we seem to get more fish on them. And also another thing you could try um, is soft plastics with a beetle spin on it. So a little tiny blade that clips on the front of your soft plastic and your jig head. It's called a beetle spin. It'll increase your hookups as well. And also using small spinnerbaits, that flash from the spinnerbait, they absolutely love. And you can't go past a spinnerbait in the river. Uh, they're versatile. They cast really well. They're easy to use and they catch fish. In the dam, they're a little bit harder to fish, especially when you want to get them down. And that's where we go for those lipless crankbaits and things that have that fluoro tip on the end um, that work well because they're more suited to that water because they sink quicker. So same with those ZX blades, the ones that have, or any blade that have a bit of flash and gold on them that flash, anything that flashes, the golden perch will come over and go, what is that? I want to have a look. So that's tip four. Uh, just a summary real quick. The first one is the flows. Num tip number two was your water temperature. Tip number three was sunny days, but also concentrating on the shadows. And tip number four, sorry, is fluoro colors or highlights on your lures. Okay, so the last one, the last tip for golden perch I have is your retrieve speeds. Now, at this time of year, as I said, remember, we've got fish that are coming up and following. They're having a look. They're trying to see what's going on. Your retrieve speeds for golden perch. Now, it's very important what I'm getting at it. You want to make sure you get it right because it can be a big difference between getting fish and just getting follows. So, early on in the season, you still want to go slow. You need to go slow with your lures. You need to go slow with your retrieves because the fish are slow and you're going to want to basically make your lure look like what they're feeding on. And the bait fish, the water's all cold, everything's moving slow, so you want to match that. Now, go nice and slow. And as the water starts to warm up, what you need to do is you need to mix it up. Now, what I've found with golden perch is I've found that instead of... What you want to do is two different things with your retrieves. So... You want to wind slow and you want to pause and see how that gets, a what kind of reaction that gets from them. This goes in a river and in an impoundment. So you're winding a plastic up, so you're winding it 
off some twiggy trees in an impoundment and you see a fish pause it see how it goes most of the time because the sinking lure it's going to sink back on their nose it could spook them they could have a crack you never know just try and pause it and see how that works now usually that's the best technique to use as you're winding up into the season now when they're fully chewing what i like to do is impart some quick twitches and some really quick burns into the retrieve so Basically, you want to wind it and then if the pause doesn't work and you do see a fish, give it two or three quick cranks because that gets them thinking, right, it's getting away and bang, they'll go up and grab it and hit it. Now, this I find works better in the river. You've got dirtier water. Um, when they're running out of bank and you can see them, give it a quick crank just to make it move away from them and usually they'll chase it down and hit it. I've had so many golden perch smash my lure when I'm just ripping it in to make a new cast. So this is how I come across this and from, you know, when I was younger I used to read things about burn and kill techniques. Now, you I don't want to, you don't want to use this technique all the time. I find you'll miss fish if you're just burning it and pausing it all the time, but I find it works well if you've got a follow from a fish um, and he didn't quite take it on the pause, get another cast in there, let it get to the spot, wind it through and then before it gets towards you, just give it that quick burn before the fish can actually see you and spook away. So I find this in rivers all the time in creeks, just a quick rip of the spinnerbait and they come after it in jam. And I've had so many come right up beside the boat and grab it, grab the spinnerbait as I'm lifting it out of the water. It's really, really cool. So mixing up your retrieves is important. So obviously when it's slower, you need to move your lures slowly. But if imagine if you were a bait fish in the water, right? As I talked about, Earlier in the season, the water's cold. Everything's moving around slowly. So you need to match that. As things warm up, the, the golden perch are starting to feed more. And say they're chasing down a bait fish. Say they are looking for a feed and they're, they're, they're stalking a bait fish. They're following it. They're following it. The bait fish, a lot of the time, is going to spot the golden chasing it and take off. They're going to take off and that's natural. So you, what you want to do is if you see it, Pretend that you're the bait, your lure is the bait fish that has now spotted the golden perch behind it. It's going to bolt. It's going to absolutely take off and fly. And that's where the golden perch should be like, right, it's getting away. I'm going to grab it. Or make it bolt and then pause it, like to try and pretend that, say, the bait fish is trying to blend in with its environment. You've got to think like what those fish are doing under there. You've got to think like the bait fish. Your lure needs to match what is going on under the water. We need to think like our target species, so our golden perch. We need to think how they behave, but we also need to make our lures look exactly like what they're feeding on to the best of our ability. Now, this doesn't just go for golden perch. It also goes for cod, trout, redfin, bass, whatever fish you target. You need to represent what they feed on as best as we can. And in doing that, we also need a lure that gets in the strike zone and doesn't snag and looks natural. And that's why we've got things like spinnerbaits. Like we don't actually know, I can't even know what a spinnerbait looks like. The skirt's meant to be a school of fish, but like what does the spinnerbait look like? But the reason it works so well is because it's snag proof, because it sinks at a really nice slow rate and it gets in the zone. So because of that alone, it's going to work well because it gets in the zone and in the area where the fish are. And it does look alive. It doesn't look fake. It looks like something and the flash and the vibration add a lot more to the lure that the fish can hone in on and they know it is food. And then they just seem to eat it. That's just how it goes and that's great because they're one of my favorite lures. But what we need to do 
is we need to then make it look like what they're feeding and we need to make it act the same as best as we can. So just think about those things when you are out on the water chasing golden perch. They're just a few tips. Now, what we're going to be doing in future podcast episodes is we're going to talk a little bit more about the techniques that we use for golden. So in a podcast coming up very soon, we're going to do another piece on golden perch, a little bit more in depth, and I'm going to talk. I'm going to be talking with Talos, and we're going to go in a little bit more in depth on techniques and you know what we do, what lures we use, how we retrieve them for both rivers and dams. We're going to talk and discuss a little bit more on this because, as you know, we can't chase cod. We're going to do a few more on cod in spring, but. Around most of the places, we cannot chase cod, so golden perch is going to be a hot topic, and then obviously trout as well. So, this were just five of my key tips for golden perch, just little fun facts, things that you may not have known about golden perch that may help you on your next trip out on the water. Now, as always, if you listen to this on one of the podcast apps, please, please leave a review and give us a rating. If you enjoyed it, comment, let me know what you thought. Even if you didn't enjoy enjoy the podcast, let me know what you think because we want to better this. We want to make it as good as we can so that you can learn as much as you can and have success when you head out of the water and go fishing. So we want to make the podcast as good as it can be. So please leave reviews and comments, whether they're good or bad. I really want to know every single thing. Now, also leave ideas for us. We'd love to hear ideas. We already had a few come through from different anglers and as I talked about at the very start of this podcast episode, we are going to have that free freshwater mini series coming soon and a part of the account, the social fishing account that goes with it, you're going to be submit able to submit listener questions which we are going to answer for you. But we also want to hear what topics you want us to talk about. Think about something that you would be happy to sit there and listen to for half an hour, 40 minutes about a specific thing with freshwater fishing, something you want us to share our knowledge on. Please let us know and that will all be available to do in the free accounts which are coming very soon. So once again, I thank you for joining me in this episode. We're going to have many more cool episodes coming up and awesome interviews with some incredible anglers. We already had Steve Starling on and a few other great top anglers and we're going to have many more in the future. I'm going to be doing a bit of traveling, meeting a lot of great people and doing some interviews and getting to know what makes other anglers tick and what techniques they use. Some of the top anglers in this country, there are so many great anglers out there who know so much about different types of fishing, different waterways and we're going to sit down with them and get them to open up on all their secrets. I cannot wait to share more of this with you. So once again, guys, thank you very much for joining me this episode. I really enjoy sitting down and sharing content with you guys. And until next time, until the next episode, I will see you soon and get out there and give it a go. Head out in the water, chase some golden perch this spring, and I will see you, I will talk to you anyway in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.